show of Modern Health is brought to you by Organifi. You have heard me sing Organifi's praises for the past couple of years, and it doesn't stop now. It doesn't stop now because the benefits just a keep a coming. I have been using the greens powder for years, also the protein powder, and I wanted to give a special shout out to the collagen. I know that there are other brands out there that have really hyped up their collagen, but I've got to say, the ingredients and the flavorlessness of the collagen from Organifi has made it so, so easy to include in smoothies, shakes, and water, and coffee. I haven't been doing any sweeteners. I haven't been doing anything crazy in my coffee lately. I have only been doing my ghee and a little bit of the collagen. I find that even compared to the protein powder, it is so smooth and breaks down so perfectly. I love adding it to my coffee in the morning. If you are a decaf person, maybe you're a matcha person, add it in there. You get the benefits of the strengthened nails. You get the vitamins and the protein. You get the amazing ingredients. It comes from things like eggshell and fish and bones. The, the, wholeness of the ingredients is what keeps drawing me back to it. There's no flavor. It dissolves perfectly. You could shake it up in water and have no idea. I love the collagen because it gives a little bit of protein and you're also getting the added benefits of honestly of the aesthetics. I like my hair to look strong. I like my skin to look glowy and I like to know that I am getting all of the benefits coming from really high quality ingredients. You can try Organifi's Collagen along with all of their other products and use the code HTH for 20% off. Again, that is the collagen. I'm obsessed with it. And you can go to Organifi.com backslash HTH. Or of course, you can use the link in the show notes and get 20% off. Try all their products. You will be obsessed and you will you will honestly, it, it's going to be your new best friend. Organifi.com backslash HTH for 20% off. Welcome to this week's episode of Hotter Than Health. My name is Eliza Gelman, and if this is your first time here, buckle up. You're going to want to listen. You're going to want to absorb some of this knowledge. If this is not your first time, welcome back. We are going into a topic today, getting straight into it, giving you the info, and today we might touch on some brands, but for the most part, we're really just going to go into the nitty-gritty and really just debunking and hyping up what needs to be hyped up, going through the details of what we might not be thinking of when it comes to our milk. Okay, a couple housekeeping things before we get into today's content. If you haven't already, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us five stars. It is truly the best way to grow the show, support the show. It is seen, felt, heard, and appreciated. Thank you for those who wrote reviews last week. They're amazing and love you. Five stars would be ideal. Thank you very much. And if you're listening on Spotify, go ahead, click follow or click that little check mark on the top of your screen. Now, we've been doing these solo episodes and they've been approximately 30 minutes and it's it's been good. We've been loving it. I So far, I have been enjoying it. It seems a lot more it seems a lot more conducive to everyone's lifestyle right now if we knock out a 30-minute episode. We used to do more interviews and I'm just going to be the first one to say I recognize we haven't been doing interviews. And they've been we've had some that have been scheduled. We've had some that have been uh, back and forth. We're not going to not do interviews. However, 
know that they are going to be slightly less frequent because we have been getting good feedback on diving in to one particular topic and really just really, really getting in there. And today is no different. Let's hop right in. We are talking all things milk today. For the past seven, maybe even 10 years, milks and milk alternatives have been all people have been talking about. Ever since we got more involved in the almond milk, almond milk really is the unsung hero of the milk dairy-free movement. But going back to even, you know, the the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, everyone was just saying, I mean, 90s even, everyone. Milk has protein. Milk will give you calcium. Milk give you strong bones. All of these different things. And then what uh, this happens with any product that gets hyped up. Any single product that gets hyped up, it gets pumped. The marketing becomes so much that the overproduction of this product takes over. And then you're not getting the high quality products that you used to get. It's It used to be, hey, have a glass of milk. Now it's have three lattes, have it in your smoothie, have it in everything, have it in every single one of your products. Have, you know, maybe you have your own milk situation that you deal with at home, but it's like become, it's become such a thing. It used to be, oh, you know, if you live on a farm, you would have the non, uh, non-pasteurized milk. No big deal. Nobody ever thought anything about it. Little, little Timmy on the farm, always, always feeling good, always feeling strong. Nobody was telling, telling little Timmy, oh, what about almonds? What about soy? What about oat? We're getting into this stage of we're, we're now at the point where there has become such mass overproduction of nut milks and milks in general that it's it's almost gone backwards in my eyes there's just so many out there that you now have to I think we're going backwards in the sense where not in a bad way I think we're going backwards in the sense of we're getting back to the basics and here's what I mean by that we went from having you know, milk just from the farm, you get it straight from the teat into the glass and into your glass. And then it moved into more pasteurized milk where you're getting it at the grocery store, you're buying it in large gallons, you're having it every single night as you're growing up. And then you're getting into this phase of now every single person has all these different preferences. You can find a milk made out of anything any kind of nut, like tree bark milk, whatever it will be. And now they're getting to the point where you can't, all these milks are now filled twofold with oils and gums and flavors and sugars and fillers to the point where why are, why are we even calling it a milk? What I love now is there is this movement of going back to the basics, saying, hey, there are benefits to milk. Let's let's not let's not discount the fact that there are benefits to milk. But like with anything, if you strip away the nutrients from the processing, you're not getting those benefits. We can no longer have this blanket statement of milk gives us calcium, milk gives us all these things. Because what are we even talking about anymore? Let's dive in. There are a few different topics, and I know we're not going to cover every single 
thing as it comes to milk. I'm not a milk scientist. I don't know about the globulins and about all the lactase and all these things. I know a little. And I know what I know. I know what I've researched and I know what I've heard. And we're going through the questions. I'm, I'm not an expert here. But I'm just a girl who's obsessed with wellness, a holistic nutritionist who likes to do some of her own research, and here we are talking about it, okay? So don't sue me. This is not a recommendation from your doctor. I would be getting paid a lot more than this. Let's start off specifically talking about the the first thing that always comes up when we talk about different kind of milk is oat milk. Oat milk Let's let's debunk, not debunk, let's get into this real quick. Oat milk, it's, I mean, we, we love oat milk. You can't not love oat milk in the way that it froths. It has a nice flavor. It's simple. It's It doesn't take up too much space as far as, like, it's easy to make. I have a nut milk maker, and all you need is, like, a tablespoon of oats and, you know, it's inexpensive to make if you want a dairy-free milk. Then you throw a date in there. You throw some vanilla and give it a little flavor. Whatever it is. Uh, look, I got nothing against oat milk as far as it's, like, flavor and texture and what it can do. But let's talk about what we're not seeing. Oftentimes we think, okay, just because it's a non-dairy, mil- or a non-dairy milk, it's healthier. However, when we're thinking about the case of longevity, we must also consider what we must consider what is in the ingredient what are in the ingredients what what's on the back of the box or the carton of milk oat milk but what are we also what are we not seeing you look at the oat milk maybe you're getting the one at I'm sorry to call it out but maybe you're getting the one at Trader Joe's and it's in the non-refrigerated aisle and you look at it and it says oat milk and it's just non-hydrolyzed oats water you think amazing. There's only two ingredients. We've heard we don't want fillers and gums and oils. It doesn't have any of that. Great. We must also think when it comes down to certain products, any product that is super mass farmed is also incredibly mass sprayed. Glyphosate, which we have touched on in many other episodes, and I'm sure if, if you haven't heard of it, glyphosate is it basically Roundup, a weed killer, and it is a type 1 carcinogen, known cancer causer, and many companies are letting, many being sued because of it. This is one of the number one most sprayed crops, from what I've seen. One of the top sprayed crops of glyphosate is oats and wheat, meaning... Even if you're buying stuff that doesn't have fillers and gums and oils and fragrances and things like that, you're still consuming potential, even more harmful chemicals, and they're never going to put that on the box. So when it comes to oat milk, if you know where you're sourcing your oats, if you can buy like, <sighs> here we go, we're getting extreme. Nobody's going to want to like buy their own nut milk maker and blah, 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 just what's the best brand. If you can find organic oat milk, that would be a safer option. It's not always guaranteed that it's not sprayed, but it might be a safer option. So go organic when you can, non-GMO, but be be sure that you're aware of, if you're eating oatmeal every single day, highly recommend organic. If, if there's anything you're consuming every single day, 
you want those to be prioritized as organic. If it's something you eat like once a week or once a month or even a couple times a year, then, you know, live your life. But if it's something you're consuming every single day, you want to make sure it's a higher priority. Oats are highly sprayed with glyphosate. Glyphosate is cancer causing a carcinogen chemical. Try saying that five times fast. And we want to be mindful of our consumption of it. That's what I'm going to say about oat milk. I, look, yeah, it's going to spike your blood sugar. It, but again, I put a shit ton of ghee and cinnamon in my coffee in the morning and oat milk wouldn't bother me because I put, I load that, I load that thing up with so much good stuff. That's going to like keep my blood sugar stable that I'm not worried about it. If you're not putting anything else in it. Yeah. If you're staying tired all throughout the day, consider shifting the way you do your coffee in the morning. Okay. Oh man. And you know what that is? That is the timer on my salmon. Hold please. We are back. Okay. Now on to the next milk, which is almond milk. We're not going to, we don't have time to get into soy and cashew milk, walnut milk. This, this one particular milk, the almond milk will cover in some ways, a lot of the questions about the walnut milk, macadamia nut milk, pistachio nut milk, all, all those things. When it comes to almond milk, there are a few different factors that have come up with its consumption and production. Almond milk may actually be less in the glycemic index than the oat milk, meaning it has less opportunity to spike your blood sugar. Maybe you won't be like crashing and craving. And if you're avoiding carbs, it could potentially be a better option. However, when it comes to environmental impacts, there's so much out there showing how much water it takes. I, I don't know the stats, but it's it's something crazy. Like for every eight almonds that are used, there's like 50 gallons of water used to produce it. And we're thinking, okay, we're is this that important, guys? Is it, do we need almond milk? I'm sorry. Do we need almond milk? Apparently it's killing the bees too. And bees, without bees, we are all screwed. Okay. And bees are just out there trying to have sex with flowers. Let's let them be. <laughs> Let's let them be. Do we really need the almond milk, guys? Anyways, we'll get we'll get around that. That's the environmental impact, is that it takes so much water to fully create the amount of, or to process the amount of almonds it requires to make X amount of almond milk to sell. And here's, here's the factor that really gets me. One, a lot of nuts, and this, uh, like I said, this is like kind of that statement that is going to cover all the nut milks. Nuts do have a tendency to gather mold, especially peanuts and other legumes. There is a higher instance for mold. Meaning if you don't know where your almonds are coming from, which how could you ever, like if you say you do, then you don't unless you're growing your almonds on an almond bush or whatever. There's a higher likelihood for mold. There's also a higher inflammation rate. A lot of nuts and seeds, not seeds so much, a lot of nuts are shown to cause slightly heightened states of inflammation. If you've ever done a food sensitivity test, Oftentimes, certain kinds of nuts come up with inflammation markers. That's something to consider. The other thing to consider is, I was talking with someone about this today. 
when you look back, and I know I've said this on other episodes, but it, it reigns true always. If you look back from a primal state and you're considering cavemen times and you're hunter-gatherers and when people were having to go out and forage for food, if they ran into berries or leaves that were edible or things that they could forage, they were, they were pleased with that. They said, okay, that's great. That's great. That's like their day-to-day, the uh, most of what they eat. If they came across meat or seeds or nuts, like if they found a pine cone and they could hack that thing up and eat a few of those pine nuts or whatever type of nut they saw in the wild, and they would savor those moments. They would savor that food. They would make it last. They weren't shoving a handful of peanuts into their morning coffee every single morning. Or if what I'm saying is the more calorically dense and more nutrient dense the food is, meaning meats for hunter-gatherers or nuts and, and fatty things like that, like coconuts, if they found that, they weren't just guzzling it all right there they were savoring it and understanding oh my gosh this is so important because it's so calorically dense it's so odd now it we're drinking one cup of coffee with let's say half a cup of almond milk that may have taken 15 almonds to produce and if you had 15 almonds as a snack i'm not trying to be an almond mom or anything like that i'm just looking at like the caloric equivalent and i'm not saying you're having that many calories it's obviously processed out However, if you were to just say in hunter-gatherer times, oh my gosh, I hear I found this almond. I am so pleased. I can't wait. I'm just going to rub it on the ground and make a little paste about on it of it and and put it in my my water, put it in this soup. No. They wanted that protein, they wanted the fat, they wanted the carbs intact. They wanted it to be a satiating meal. And what I'm saying is the, the ratio of what it takes and the how dense the, the foods are and the calories are that we use to make our nut milks, it, it just doesn't necessarily make sense. I believe that if there's something that dense, then let's keep it in its dense form and, and use it for what it's really produced for instead of like completely stripping away all of the almondness that is the almond. If you got almond milk and it was totally brown, you would freak out. But that's the fact of it. Almonds are brown. I know they're white on the inside, but if you fr- you'd freak out. Or if you got if you got pistachio milk and it was completely green, you'd lose your mind. You'd be like, "Oh, I'm going to get E. coli immediately." Or some type of disease, and it's just not the case. They're processing it so much. They're adding colors. They're adding flavors. They're adding fillers. It's synthetic. There's processed things that are keeping things on the shelf for a long time. What I'm saying is that it doesn't necessarily make sense anymore. Do they taste great? Absolutely. Absolutely. But if you're going to do it, if you're going to buy these nut milks, find something organic and... Oh. And... Do your best to try to figure out, hey, are you already struggling maybe with skin? Are you already struggling with inflammation, gut health, uh, any type of energy 
crashes throughout the day, maybe it's time to rethink. And I, I'm using coffee pretty frequently here as an example because oftentimes that's that's where we see people that's that's where we see people using milk. Okay. All right. Let's get into the most exciting part of this episode. And I say most exciting part of this episode because I truly I've just really been enjoying it lately, and it was one of the reasons why I wanted to do this episode. We're closing out chapter one of, or part one of this episode by saying, look, if I'm like at, if I'm at a, a coffee shop, once in a while, I'll still get some soy milk because I love the way it froths. I fully understand that it's, it's heavily sprayed. It's got glyphosate. Will I once in a while get an oat milk latte if I'm feeling frisky, if Alexa and I are at Seabird Coffee in Duxbury? Absolutely. I will also get like an egg eggnog latte. Yes, eggnog latte. You heard that here first. It, during Christmas time. Uh, uh, look, I'm not a narc about the coffee. If you're going to be using it every single day, though, let's think not just about the ingredients that you can see, such as you know, is this an inflammatory? Is this something that even makes sense to use this much of? Is is my body going to process this well? Is it going to spike my blood sugar? You think about those things and does it have fillers and gums and flavors and sh- extra sugar? But also, what is it not showing you? The glyphosate, the what is it doing to the environment? Like, I know that these are f- annoying conversations to think about because there's a lot to think about. But if the one thing that we have is our health, why wouldn't you learn as much as you could, not learn as much as you could, but do what you can with the information provided to substitute the things that you're consuming every single day? Okay, let's break it down now, real, raw, unpasteurized style. We've, look, if you're on social media, if you're here and like the meat is back. Meat is now on trend again, but not just any meat, not processed meat, not type one carcinogen meat. Like if you're still getting, uh, look, I have to put a big PSA out there. I still believe that the processed deli meats are, are killers. It's a no from me, dog. No doggy. We're not doing it. We're not, I'm not buying hot dogs and I'm not buying processed deli meat. Once in a while, I'm still having some chicken. Hopefully it's organic. Look, I don't know. I know. I know. But I'm not out there buying Tyson and Purdue, these mass, mass, mass produced, uh, good high quality protein that has the nutrients, good high quality that hasn't been stripped away. And, you know, hopefully it's grass fed, grass finished and not raised in some hell hole. I pray to God, you know, honestly, I genuinely find so much uh, gratitude when I'm eating now, because if I'm eating meat, which isn't all the time, like I'm if I'm eating meat, it's still a grateful thing. Okay, don't want a tangent here. The reason I'm saying meat is back is because you know what's also back, everyone? Milk, baby. Real ass milk. It's coming back. I feel it. I said it in 2024, our first what's in, what's out of 2024. Gossip is out. Cottage cheese is in. Guess what cottage cheese is made of? Milk. And again, we're looking at ingredients. We're looking at ingredients. And with all that we know, if we can find, this is, I'm not going to, this is the same principle for the nut milks. We still want to look at how it's being produced and we want to look at the nutritional benefits. So meaning 
are these animals being treated fairly? Are, do you know that this is coming from like an organic small farm? We, I know we don't always know that. And it's definitely a luxury to be able to afford nicer organic milk. If you can find it in a glass container, that's amazing. If you can buy it locally, that's amazing. But I wanted to get into two things. I have been consuming regular milk. However, I have been prioritizing it on my grocery list. And, and here's the thing. My grocery bill is a little higher than the average single girl living by herself. I also don't really consume alcohol. Like, I don't buy drinks, and I don't go out to eat, really. Th that's where I, I put my money up front for health insurance. Like, I don't it, – it, that's just – that's a personal decision. It's like how I – that's how I choose to spend my money. I also don't buy a lot of clothes, and that's – you know, I complain about that. I'm like, sure, I wish I had some better stuff to wear. However, it's – I'm thinking quality over quantity, and that's, that's where I, my – whole life has been heading over the past few years and it's been serving me well but sometimes and sometimes when you think about it it gets a little frustrating because I'm like I'd love these snacks I'd love to do all this but I or I'd love to save a little bit a buck here and there however I'm committing that money up front knowing that longevity is the main goal and feeling good is the main goal and quality is the goal now let's talk milk Let's say you're in the grocery store and you're thinking, hey, there's a lot of there's a lot of non-dairy milks. I want to give milk a try again. Let's see what this girl is all about. Let's see what Lies is all about. Trust me, my coffee has never tasted better. Uh, uh, look, I, mi I missed milk. I missed it, but I didn't miss BS milk with all the flavors and the fillers and all of the added I'm not getting like the fortified milk that costs 50 cents. I'm sorry. That's, I know that I have enough privilege to say that I'm buying nice milk. Look at, look at me go. I've earned it. Okay. But I'm, I'm prioritizing that. Now, if this is something you're considering as well and you're thinking, okay, let's try some milk out. Let's, let's, let's do milk. We're going to go through the two, two main general types. We are talking about the non, huh, Lord help me say this word, the non-homogenized milk, I did it, which is essentially our, which is essentially the, the milk that you would see in the uh, refrigerator. Sorry, I'm pulling out my notes. When we're looking at the cartons of milk, Let's say we're looking at the cartons of milk in the in the store. We pick it up, and sometimes there's the plastic carton with like the blue cap and the red cap, and usually those just say like fortified with vitamin D or two percent or skim or whatever. And maybe you scoot over a few steps to the right in the grocery store, and you're looking at the little card or the big cardboard containers of milk and maybe you start to gander around the organic section. I've been getting the Alexandria Alexandra with an E at the end farm. I've loved it. I it is so good and tasty. And here's here's what I'll say about that. It is non-homogenized and ultra pasteurized. And we see these words and we think what uh, the absolute what does this mean? If you see non-homogenized, non homogenized means that it is not mechanically processed to break down a bunch of fat cells in the milk, which means that it can have a slightly uneven texture. 
And here's what I mean by that. I don't mean you're getting globs of milk or chunky milk or curds of milk. That is not what I mean. When we think about milk, this milk, the non-homogenized, non-mechanical processed milk, which is better because it's less, less production on the milk. Yes? We're following. We're following. The non-homogenized, less processed milk compared to the homogenized milk, which has been through a process that has organized the fat cells and broken down fat cells so that there is the exact same smooth, smooth consistency of milk. When you pour, if you were to hold a glass of a glass, a naked glass, if you were to hold an empty glass in front of you and you were to pour at the same time from each carton, non-homogenized and homogenized, you would see no difference. No difference. You would see no difference. And I'm telling you, it is that simple. There might be a little bit more of a like foam on top or like a creamy consistency on the top of the non-homogenized. But guess what? You give that carton a nice shake one or two times before you pour and you're fine. But we have gone so far into the consistency and making everything so uniform and perfect. If you walk into Whole Foods or a grocery store, they don't even have ugly fruit. You ever seen fruit on a tree in real life? Some of it's god awful ugly. Some of it's ugly fruit, but it's, I mean, it still tastes amazing, but some of it's misshapen, misformed. There's dents in it. There's bruises. There's spots. There's normal things that happen in fruit, but if you go to the grocery store, you get pretty food. You get pretty food because that is what people buy. Same exact nutrition nutrition in the ugly fruit, but people don't want to see it. In the non-homogenized milk, you're getting less processed, less mechanical, and yes, shake it one time, but guarantee you're shaking up your milk anyways, so you may as well just get the, if you're, look, I don't care what milk you're getting, if you're not shaking it at least once or twice before you pour it into something, you've got serious serious psychological issues. I, I Something about milk. It's got like a film around the side and it can get crusty if you don't do the cap on right. I love milk, but it's getting, it can be weird. You got to take care of the milk and it can go sour, but if you got to shake it beforehand. That's the difference between non-homogenized and homogenized milk. So on, on when you can, organic, non-homogenized, and if you can, it may say pasteurized, but if you can get it to say un ultra, excuse me, ultra pasteurized, ultra pasteurized means it it's using. Well, I'm sorry. Let me go back. Pasteurized means that they use a method of heating the milk, heating, of heating them, he, <laughs> of heating the milk. Weird that I just uh, got confused at myself for saying it correctly. They use a heating apparatus or process to kill off harmful bacteria in pasteurized milk. Pasteurized milk has been heated to kill off harmful bacteria and also to extend shelf life. When it says ultra pasteurized, it's using a high, high temperature for a shorter period of time. Still extends shelf life. It's still 
killing some of the harmful bacteria, but it's going through a slightly less a slightly less time. So it's like a quicker zap, but a more powerful zap. Don't ask me about the necessarily like the super benefits, but I, I truly believe like the less time is better. So the milk that I've got is ultra pasteurized, non-homogenized. I got it at Whole Foods. I think you can find it at a bunch of different places, but those are two things to look for regardless of brand. Non-homogenized and ultra pasteurized. <clears throat> now let's get let's start barking with the big dogs. We're talking raw milk, non-pasteurized. If pasteurized is used to use a it's using heat to kill off harmful bacteria and extend shelf life. What do we think non-pasteurized is? You're right, Angela. Non-pasteurized uses no processing. Non-pasteurized is also referred to as raw milk. And we are in the era of raw milk, my friends. Raw milk means no processing. The, there are some benefits which have been shown to help potential gut bacteria. And I'm assuming that has to do with the fact that they're one, keeping all of the nutrients intact from the teat. They're keeping the nutrients intact. It's providing more vitamins and minerals and nutrition. And it's also keeping some of those enzymes. The enzymes might help our bodies break down milk. So if you're lactose intolerant, maybe raw milk would be a good option for you. Again, I, did, I read a study the other day saying that actually only about 30% of U.S of Americans are actually intolerant and I'm not even saying like gastro extreme issues but only about 30% of America is lactose intolerant when I can guarantee you every every girl that I chat with who's between the ages of 2019 and 49 is saying they're lactose intolerant which look I'm in that category and look do I break out a little bit more maybe slightly a little but also it could be the fact that when I'm when I'm consuming that much processed milk and I said processed processed milk I'm also consuming a lot of sugar so is it sugar is it milk I mean the sugar is the devil I promise when we're thinking non-pasteurized raw milk we're getting the benefits of the we're getting the benefits of having those whole enzymes the nutrients the vitamins and the good bacteria it's been shown to help with gut health. It has, a lot of people are like, don't feed your kids raw milk. Look, you know your kids better than anyone. You know what is best. I'm not here to, I, I don't have kids. You do whatever you want to do. I'll probably, th th here, okay. Let me finish this one note and then I'm going to go back to this thought. Mm, and I'm writing it down. Okay. Here's the thing about raw milk. The reason why so many people are saying don't drink raw milk or there's like doctors out there's <laughs> there's people out there who say don't drink raw milk. It's dangerous. It's nasty. It's whatever. Whatever your feelings may be, sure, your feelings are valid. That's fine. But if we look at the at the end all be all, I'd rather absolutely rather drink raw milk than have processed meat. The likelihood of something happening with raw milk is way lower than the fact of way lower than if I were to consume processed deli meats every single day. Okay. I'll like, I'll take a little E. coli. Knock on wood. I don't want E. coli. That was not me speaking that into existence. But some of the reasons why some people think that 
raw milk is not ideal is because it can lead to more foodborne illnesses. Do with that what you will. I think they're going to say a lot of things about a lot of things, and I think that there's going to be different opinions on every single thing, and I think you should do what works for you. And right now, this is working for me. Here's what I will say. I have... Con- I have w- I've wanted to do the raw milk thing and have like a gallon at my house and just have a cup of it every day to really have just the nutrient denseness, the the texture, the healthy fats and proteins from it. However, it's not the easiest to find. You can often find it at farmers markets and you can often you'd have to do a research. Like there's a uh there's a website, thank you so much, Brittany Carden, Courtney Brandenburg, and everyone else who loves raw milk. There are websites out there that help show you where the local raw milk is near you. And the reason I have not begun this process is simply because it's like 35, 40 bucks a gallon. And me, it eventually I will get there. And I'm sure I could definitely swing it. I could definitely swing it. I can't necessarily get myself to yet. I can't get myself to yet. I will report back once I get there. I think I need to try it a little more before I invest the time, energy, and money. Because when I do something, I'm I'm like both feet, head, ass in all the way at first. We'll see. We will see. The note that I wanted to bring up as far as lactose intolerance and the way we break down milk is if you think about it again, from an evolutionary standpoint, humans are, we were meant to consume breast milk. And whether you're formula, whether you're breast milk, I I, I don't care. This is just, you know that babies have, like, they want breast milk. And it has a ton of different nutrients. When we're born, again, I'm just definitely a doctor. I'm not a doctor. But when we're born, we are born with the enzymes that we need to break down certain proteins called lactase. Lactase helps us break down lactose, which is found in milks and dairy, which causes, which is the protein in milk. Anyways, as we get older and we stop consuming breast milk, our body naturally stops producing that enzyme it needs to break down the proteins. So it does make sense that there are more people that are lactose intolerant, but I think that by slowly introducing things in, there are things that still have tons of benefits that I think that the most unbeneficial thing we can do as far as dairy goes is have a bunch of processed dairy. And if you're thinking craft singles, I don't even put that in the dairy department because it is known as a food-like substance. It is not even considered real food. So do trust me on that one. I am going to get off this podcast and my mom used to make when I was a little baby, she, when I was a little girl, as in like five or six or 17, she would make me what was called pearl tea and she would have a little glass of milk and she would get like a little, a little white teacup and she would pour a glass of milk and heat it up and put a little teaspoon of sugar in the bottom and it would just be like warm, sweet milk. And if I didn't feel good, she would make that. And that is my story. I'm going to sob. Not even menstrual. It's just such a cute story and such a cute thing. Like if your kid, I just can't wait to make that for my kids someday. 
this is what I mean. This is what I mean. This is what I mean. I tangent and this is how it begins. So I'm going to cut myself off like a good girl. (laughs) I hope you have enjoyed this episode. And when you are looking for the milk, you want to be looking for non-homogenized, ultra pasteurized. If you're rolling in the bank, then go get some raw milk. Give it a shot. Literally give it a shot. We're watching out for nut milks, but we're enjoying ourselves. Rule of thumb is if you consume it every single day, let's get it high quality. Every once in a while, you know, do, do your thing. Leave us five stars on iTunes. Make sure you are subscribed, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you.